Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Welcome to another edition of Life Behind Bars. I'm Noah Rothbaum, the Daily Beast Half Full Editor. Joining me, as always, is my colleague and co-host, David Weindrich. How are you, Dave? All right, yourself? Good. Gearing up for St. Patrick's Day, obviously just a few days out. One of the granddaddy drinking holidays on the calendar for uh, spirits writers like ourselves. Uh, oh, absolutely. But, <laughs> and you know, it beats things like uh, National Moscow Mule Day, I think. We, that's the funny thing. It was like one of the original ones. And now, like, every week, there's like a new holiday press release. You know, there's... I know, like we need an excuse. Right. And, and it gets confusing because it would be like International Daiquiri Day. Not to be confused with Daiquiri Day. Yeah. Or, uh, or Rum Lime Juice, you know, Sugar Day, you know... Uh, it's not a bad thing for us. Every day is a drinking holiday, I think. But, it means um, you get press releases a lot. <laughs> I was going to say a good excuse to make some yep. drinks. But, yep. um, Keeps the PR business alive. Absolutely. So. St. Patrick's Day, obviously one of the original, you know, real uh, drinking holidays in our business. And um, we're fortunate to be joined by a couple of special guests today. We have Sean Muldoon from The Dead Rabbit. How many different awards have you guys won over the years at this point? I mean... There's no more room for tail of the cocktail. You're adding a third building for the awards, I believe. (laughs) (laughs) We also have with us today Tim Herlihy from the Tullamore Dew, the brand ambassador, and they're both authors of the new book, From Barley to Blarney, uh, A Whiskey Lover's Guide to Ireland, which we've been uh, long awaiting its release. So I think it would be a very cool book for all people who love Ireland, Irish whiskey, or... Just want to take a really cool uh, look through uh, the history of Irish pubs. So thank you guys for joining us. Plus, it's a beautiful book. How long was the project in the works for for this book? It's been... How the book came about was I was going back to Ireland maybe once a year, twice a year, and I would have met up with Jared Buckley from Middleton, and he just wanted to drive around and... um, and go to all these places in Ireland that he'd never been before. Yeah. Jared being the Cooper, the, the massive Cooper in Middleton. And uh, we'd planned this months and months in advance so Jared could take the time off work. And all we did was go to the old pubs and uh, we had a great time together. And oh, that sounds like paradise. Yeah. I know Jerry, he's a, he's a, he's a companionable, yeah. companionable man, let's say. Brilliant. And... Uh, Many times when we were doing this, we'd have bumped into Tim, who's, uh, <laughs> who's uh, just hanging out, loitering out by the side of the road. <laughs> who's back in Ireland regularly. I mean, you're probably in Ireland more than you're here. Uh, yes. Yeah. Don't tell everyone that. They're yeah. not supposed to know about all those trips. But I get back six times a year. So yeah. it just every time we happen to be in a bar and we were just paying attention to the decor or the pints, whatever, Tim happened to be there. And Tim said, listen, this is uh, getting ridiculous. We should write a book about this. Because he yeah. was back for distilleries. I was back for pubs. Right. Mm. And uh, we all know Jack's a great cocktail guy. So we yeah. thought, right, why don't we put all, I'm in the pubs, he's in the distilleries, and Jack's right. in the cocktails. Why don't we put it all together in one book? Right. So that's how the idea came about. But I would say that that idea um, was probably six months before we put the idea to mm. uh, our book agent, to put it to the right. publisher. And it was, it wasn't, it wasn't a, uh, an easy sell, to be honest. It wasn't? No. Mm-hmm. Um, 
they wanted more distilleries than pubs to be honest and I understand the reasoning but to me when we were doing these tours what we wanted what we've what we seen we've seen a couple of guys from Texas or whatever come bumping into and sling right. distillery and what they want once they'd seen the distillery and they'd seen all the weed distilleries around that area what they wanted to do was go to the best pubs they wanted right. a taste of Ireland so I thought to do the book that has the best pubs close to distilleries is the way to do this but it was hard to sell that idea to a publisher they weren't all buying that it's not going to be hard to sell it to the public though I think really drinking your way across yeah. Ireland yeah. That's, uh, that's, that's what I thought that's what everybody likes yeah. you know that's one of the, the, the beauties of Ireland there's always a nice pub Mm. One of the things with the pubs is it's it's not necessarily the best whiskey bars. It's the old school hidden gem classic Irish yeah. pubs that we have in there. So they all have a bit of character, tons of charm to them. And it's in Ireland, so we've uh, a lot of history with these pubs too. So we've great stories behind them all. Well, it kind of shocks me that between you know the two of you and, and your partner, Sean, Jack McGarry, who's you know one of the most talented bartenders in America, and obviously your partner in the dead rabbit empire that the three of you that there were any pubs that the three of you hadn't been to already you know uh, was that part of it like was it surprising how many amazing bars there were in ireland that that none of you had been to i mean but the thing is we're all going to the city pubs we're all going to the best in dublin Uh, but but it was the rural pubs and and we have on social media and stuff like especially on facebook um we have a massive irish following on facebook and they See if we put up a post like Irish breakfast and it doesn't have it. It doesn't look the way they think it should look. They'll be the people. <laughs> I mean, anything, anything that's you not, call that Irish. Yeah, we, we put up. Right. We, we created two snugs booths for our for our yeah. extension, and these people, our fan, our followers right. in, in Ireland, were telling, "Oh, you need to christen them. You need to give them names," and they were giving us all the names and all. And it was like I'd never heard of giving snugs names, right, but right. they were telling us that that's how you do it. And it's just they were telling us the pubs that we need to visit in their areas. So it was easily. We had 160 pubs to begin with, all wow. recommendations from the public. Yeah. Oh, that's not, great. Not from books, yeah. From, yeah. from the public. And we visited, I believe, all hundred. We went, uh, we did interviews and shoots in 111, and we went to all 160. That's epic. And that's I think, a lot of pubs. Yeah. I, and, but I think myself and Rebecca Dooley, before she came on board, I met her. She was working in London, and I met her in, in Dublin or something. And I think we did about 30 of those pubs before we actually did the tour, because I wanted to get a head start. And she works for you at the yeah. Road, too. Yeah. And she helped, I guess, plan sort of the... Yeah. The logistics. Yeah. So she was the, the she she phoned up everybody mm-hmm. and, and her her story was, oh. I mean she was phoning she's a girl with an English accent. Her her father was Irish, um, but she's a girl with an English accent. Just phoning some rural pub in Ireland saying um, we want to do it. We're going to do a book. And you had there was two instances. All right, cut to the chase. What are you trying to sell? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and then the other people was the other person that was a cracking little barman. Tim yeah. visited it. It was in Ross Common, and it, and it was literally like uh, I can't even remember what it was called. But you walk in and it was like a convenience store at the front, mm-hmm. and it was a proper wee Irish pub at the back and it wasn't trying to be a speakeasy right. it was like being this way a hundred right. years and the person that served you your groceries in the front walked literally behind the bar through a little curtain and but when we phoned up that bar to see if they wanted to appear in a book she woman just goes I don't want to be in your book I love that that's what you were were you able to convince her or no no well we went and we didn't think it so we went and bought groceries first (laughs) yeah a lot of groceries Twix we didn't think it made if we're going to cut it down to 50 pubs we just didn't think it made and also because we wanted the pubs to be as close as possible to distilleries and there's no pub in Roscommon there's no distillery in Roscommon yet yeah yeah well I mean there must be 
a couple thousand pubs in Ireland easily, right? I think between 7,500 and, yeah. and 8,000 pubs okay, on the island of Ireland. That's a lot. We've only included 50. Yeah. Um, so... So we have a lot of enemies out there. Yeah. This is volume one of Well, yeah, volume team. one. Yeah. yeah. You know, years ago when I worked for Esquire, I did their best bars, and every year we could only write up maybe, you know, 15, 20 bars. Mm -hmm. So we said right at the beginning, this is not the best bars of this year. This is our recognition of great bars in America, and we'll just keep adding to the list. Mm -hmm. And if you're on the list, you're on the list, you know, and, and, and that's all you can do, with, and, and you can just say... Good bars, not good bars. Yeah. I don't have to write about them, but just anybody you write about, you know, it's a hall of fame. It's yeah. like these well, are. I kind places. of feel like we're here in asylum in America until we have <laughs> at least volume two ready. Yeah, to yeah, go. I can understand. So, that. <laughs> well, I know. It, I know. If you went into Tom Barry's uh, in uh, in Cork, they'd be vexed <laughs> to not be on the list because that is a wonderful bar. One of the things you'd find though, as well, even since we wrote this book, um, so we put this. This book isn't even out here yet, but we when did we send this to the publisher? July. In July. Okay. Finished, so yeah. we we finished our part of the book, the touring stuff. We right. finished it last October, October before last, and since then, uh, one of the pubs is closed, which has been around oh, for like no. 100, 120 years. Yeah. Um, so the, it was these two women in Bondor and yeah, uh, Donegal. Probably. One sister died, and the other sister just could not. Yeah. cope without her she tried and tried and tried uh, it was in the family for generations but she just gave up everywhere she looked she's seen memories of her sister mm -hmm. and so we we included it because we thought it was an important and everybody knows that part right. mm -hmm. and then there's another one in uh, Bally Castle where the owner has died Castle. since oh, and yeah. another one in uh, quite a crazy story um, I, Tim lives in Drogheda do you want to tell a story? Uh, it actually <laughs> came up yesterday too I was in LA and uh, sitting getting sushi uh, and sitting beside a, a lady who happened to be from Ireland who'd have thought it's not just Irish pubs that are magnets for Irish people, it's sushi bars in LA. Like, like traditional <laughs> Irish food yeah. sushi. Yeah, yeah. yeah. On uh, coming to an Irish pub menu near you. <laughs> and she, we overheard each other, we got chatting, and uh, I was there chatting about the, the book, and she was like, oh, it's Birmingham's in Navin in there. And I was like, yes. And she was like, oh, he's a good friend of Mickey. And Mickey had passed away. He was the, the face of uh, mm -hmm. Birmingham's. And I was like, yeah, I, I remember the day he passed away. It was May 7th, because that was the day I was scheduled to go in and meet him. Uh, but oh. unfortunately, he passed that day. But what, I, what actually happened was um, <laughs> Tim said we shouldn't cover this book, this bar in the book, because it's unpredictable. It's not open. He said, he said, it says it's supposed to be open right now. I've made my way to come here, and it's not open. He said, if an American was to come and follow our advice, mm -hmm. and the bar is not open. Mm -hmm. So I happened to hear that the guy had died. And uh, Tim had went next door to say, is the bar open up, sir? Is the bar next door open? And he said, it should be, but they weren't able to give any more information. Oh. It ends up, and I'm not joking when I say this, the day that Tim called to the door, the guy was lying dead up the stairs. Oh, my. Wow. Mm. And probably nobody knew at this point. So are you saying that Tim killed him? We called Tim the Tim Reaper. <laughs> <laughs> but that's a true story. The guy was wow. literally dead the oh, day that Tim sorry. called wow, the door. That um, yeah, yeah, no, that's that. I've yet to earn that name, by the way. But, yeah, uh, sure, sure. <laughs> well, I think the moral of the story is that buy the book, go to Ireland as soon as possible, because if you want to visit these bars, because you never know. And yeah. I, I, yeah. If anything, I think 
sadly we've seen over the last couple of years a lot of pubs closing in Ireland. I mean, do you think that trend has reversed or, you know? No, well, it's like we spoke to every single person about the difficulties and the hardships and yeah. they talked about the old generation that would have frequented these pubs dying and mm-hmm. the younger generation not being in the old man's pubs. Right. Um, so they struggle with the, the generation that they served growing up um, has passed away and moved on. And also they talked a lot about drink driving um, yeah. because you would have had the little farmer down the street would have driven a mile now, yeah. now the cops are really really heavy on this so yeah. nobody's going out because right. they're afraid of getting caught drink yeah. driving you're seeing that a lot particularly in rural Ireland yeah. I feel the the urban pubs are thriving more than ever particularly right. the good operators and a lot of these pubs in rural Ireland were the centre of the community they were one-stop shops so it, they were the grocer as well mm-hmm. they might have been the bakery the, the undertakers office, yeah. yeah and so that has evolved and unfortunately some have died off in rural ireland yeah. uh, for many of the reasons that sean mentioned we actually went to one um it was called mccarthy's hotel in temporary it wasn't much of a hotel to be honest uh, <laughs> was there actually rooms there <laughs> Like I, maybe yeah there, there were um, rooms but anyhow, <laughs> you might not want to yeah. stay in them he had, he had the whole Undertaker sign and, and he told he told us he was still an Undertaker and we said I don't believe you like you've got to right. prove it yeah. because I've heard that everybody's right. been Undertaker but so we, uh, he brought us out the back and there he was making the coffins oh, out, no. the back of the, out the back of the shop still, okay. still to this day well you could get a job there Tim uh, <laughs> <laughs> do you think visiting all of these pubs has changed the way that you run the Dead Rabbit like do you think that it informed, you know, the way that you and Jack do things at the Dead Rabbit? Or? It, it was always what what we wanted to do was bring as much of that as possible, like decor and um, and personality to the bar as possible, but with younger, more dynamic staff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, because a lot of these, and it's great to go and see, but it just doesn't work in a busy bar environment. You might see the woman behind the bar who's like, 87 and it's cute and all this sort of stuff and she's just her head's just literally above the bar counter and uh, it's cute when you really go and see it but it doesn't work in a busy bar right. um, or they're not using the POS right. modern day technology right, sure. um, but we wanted to bring as much of that as possible without yeah. compromising what we're about you know mm-hmm. like I mean in any of these pubs you would never have a DJ we, we have a DJ you know so right. it's, it's you would never have a DJ you don't even have background music in most no. of these pubs yeah. you don't have food in any of these pubs right. most, most of the good pubs that do good gas don't do, do not do food no food no food yeah. like like potato chips or, or you make it that you or might toasted it sandwich toasty, yeah. Yeah. that's it yeah. the, the thing is when you go to the palace bar <laughs> you say what, do you, what food do you have to offer he goes toasties and you go is that it? And he goes, yep, two options. You got ham and cheese or cheese and ham. Right. <laughs> and the toasty is like, for the, our, our listeners, it sort of looks like a waffle maker kind of, and right, and you press like usually mm-hmm. white bread and you put the whatever the cheese and ham in the middle and then you put it down. It's, it's already, like a George Foreman grill, basically. Right. It's already yeah. pre-made and it's right. in a package. They, they make yeah. it that morning and it's in a plastic, plastic. that yeah. doesn't burn. It's, it's a special wrap and they put it inside this thing and it heats it up and melts it. Like yeah. a, like an Irish empanada. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> an Irish Jamaican beef patty. Yeah. I think that we have a lot of ideas, at least, you know, in America about what, like, the traditional Irish pub is, but uh, I think a lot of those misconceptions are not actually facts. No, they're American Irish pubs. Yeah. 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 We've, we've tried to do this, like, it's like a cocktail menu. There's something for everybody. Like, some of these pubs... If, if you were just to go to that one pub, you would think this isn't a top fifty pub in Ireland. But when it's when it's put into an entire yeah. fifty list, yeah. um, it, you would see why it works because 
there's a particular pub that comes to my mind that we were really debating about she that's been the top 50 but I know for a fact that a lot of people in Cork absolutely love that pub right. and it would have been a travesty had it not been on it for those people living in right, Cork and right. so we basically we had, you could never have gone back to Cork yeah I mean it's, it's, it would have been for people living in Cork, it's one yeah. of their favorite pubs, yeah. you know, and uh, it's just, it's not everybody's cup of tea, but it's... Was the deliberations about which bars made the cut, that must have been the hardest part. I mean, there was, there was a lot of... Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Pubs in Ulster, right. um, where we're from, me and Jack's from. Tim's mm-hmm. not from Ulster. Right. But the yeah. reason, there's very little distilleries in Ulster. There's only two. Right. Um, yeah. So there was a lot of, where Tim lives, there was a ton more distilleries. Right. So there was a ton more information given around the distillery part where he's from and a ton more given around the pub part right. where we're from. Um, but Tim would have thought, like, there's a particular bar that, I'll, I'll just say because nobody's ever going to probably hear this back in Ireland. There's a particular <laughs> bar called the Crown in Shamrock. Um, Sure, of course. I love that place. It's <laughs> my home away from home. Yeah, Dave it's and I go there every it's, summer. It's yeah. called the Shamrock because of the Irish connection. It's called the Crown because of the British connection. Okay. So it's, yeah. it's, it's meant to be a, pro, a pub for Catholics and Protestants in, in Belfast, okay. uh, outside of Belfast. But it's got a ton of history. It goes back like 150, 160 years, and it's still got the stables where the horses used to Oh, nice. And, wow. and, I, and it's yeah. just the history behind the pub. And I thought it used to be like Carrick Fergus, and Northern mm-hmm. Ireland was the main the main centre of, of Northern Ireland, not Belfast. It was Carrickfergus, and this pub was right in the middle of the road between Carrickfergus and Belfast. Okay. And it had the horses, the stables, and ring. It still has the stables, and I just thought there's too much history for this not yeah. to be included. Um, but Tim would have thought, let's give it to somebody else, and I thought, nah, but that pub has to be there. You know, <laughs> yeah. there was a lot of that. Yeah, yeah, no, well, a lot of constantly on the tour. You know, the debate as you're going right. and. I don't know if I should share this, but we had a little system because you can't go, ah, not going to make it when you're in the presence of the public. And so I think one of our moves became if it was good, full pint of Guinness. If okay. it was eh, glass of Guinness. And, uh, <laughs> that, that became our little tell system. Yeah. So and we also had, and I'm not going to say, I'm not going to say in the interview. We also had a, a particular American in mind who we think is a. If he had went to this bar, would he have liked it? You know, right. A particular American, a particular cool American, and uh, yeah. and if the answer was yes, he would find he would like this. Um, that sounds mad, but we actually did a little bit on that. I did anyway. Yeah. Um, and if he liked it, if he, if I'd have thought he'd like this pub, it was in the list. Well, it's cool. It's like okay. you, you had seen, your I've, ideal I've reader. To, I've since told that person yeah. who that person is. Oh, it's like an actual person. An actual yeah. person. Uh, I've, I've since told him. It's me. No, but we've dedicated the book yeah. to you. Know? It could, I, yeah, I, yeah. But it could Thank be you. you. It could yeah. be either of you. You know. Right. But it's not. But it's not. Did you find that the drinks varied very much from? 
pub to pub, or is it fairly standard menu of? So, like, to be honest, it was mostly Guinness. Yeah, yeah. And I think we'd always su- suspected or seen or heard about it, but the gin craze in Ireland, particularly yeah. in the pubs, I think that was the surprise yeah. that you were seeing gin and tonic menus in. Yeah, that was never a part of Irish yeah. life before. <laughs> and uh, the surprise was the extent yeah. of it. Yeah. Uh, and they're getting more and more into Irish whiskey as well. Um, it's Do you see the regional things? When I first went to Ireland in the 90s, it was uh, a very regional, like which whiskey was drunk in which part of the country. and then uh, or, or even Murphy's or Guinness. Yeah, yeah exactly, yeah. exactly. That was all... You know, I would get in the center of Ireland, you'd get your Tullamore, mm-hmm. and you'd get other brands uh, along the coast and in Dublin. And, uh, yeah, and I think that's changed a bit because they're now starting to have a portfolio of Irish whiskey mm-hmm. go beyond just the region. Yes, they might stick to their favorite local distillery, mm-hmm. but they're starting to have a, a depth of Irish whiskey there too. Obviously, you know, a lot of the appeal of the Dead Rabbit are, you know, the amazing cocktails, you know, the second floor is, you know, cocktail menu. Did you guys see a lot of cocktails in Ireland, or not really? To be honest, um, no. And <laughs> if people, the, the people in uh, Ireland who are in the cocktail bars, they they sort of get, they take it thick that me and Jack don't visit cocktail bars because yeah. every time we're back, right. I mean, the best cocktail bars are here or in London. We yeah. don't really go to Ireland to see cocktail bars, and no. people people would think, do you remember you were here and <laughs> you needed people to come to your bar? Right, but. It's just, I, I think the, the pints of, of yeah. Guinness and the Irish whiskey, I'd just rather go for what you're good at, and that's what you're really good at. That's always my problem. I'm, you know, known for uh, writing about cocktails, but even when I'm in London, I just want to go to the old pubs mm-hmm. and have the cask ale, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. I'm actually doing a pub tour in uh, October, November, and London English pub tour. With the oh, you're going to have fun. There. Yeah. Uh, there, there's so many great old ones. And some of the touristy ones that you're told are tourist traps, you go in, and it's just great, you know? Wait. It's like, uh, don't listen to those people. Just go. <laughs> do, you, do you think that the, the pint of Guinness varies much from pub to pub, or is it fairly... Cons- I mean, here no. it's like it's all over the map in America, and I'd say the Dead Rabbit's probably the best, if no, not exactly. one of the top five so, pints of Guinness in America. So I'm going to be honest here. Yeah, right? please. That's, that's, that's what we're about. Um, Nobody's listening. It's Dead, just Dead Rabbit is not the best pint of Guinness in New York. Um, uh, we are 100% determined to make it that way, um, but... <laughs> Uh, it's something that we're only addressing right now because we're only in pretty position. close, though I'd say we're only in a position because of the extension. We've got the right. room now to do it, but we have went to the best bar for Guinness in probably the the world, uh, which is the Grave Diggers, John Cavanagh's. Yeah, where's, where's in, Dublin. in Dublin? It's beside Glasnevin Cemetery. Um, it's where that whole saying, uh, "Going for a jar." If you've ever heard a jar being yeah. referred mm-hmm. to as a pint, it comes from that bar. Uh, huh. Quite quite uh, appropriately like right beside that it's right at the one of the um, entrances to Glass Diamond Cemetery where Michael Collins is buried and stuff like mm-hmm. that very famous cemetery in a, in a Dublin the the famous cemetery yeah biggest uh, in Ireland and but one of the things right beside where they are is where Brendan Behan is buried and see him on his headstone there's an actual groove for a pint so literally <laughs> on his birthday and stuff people go out and put a pint of Guinness yeah. it's, it's, a, it's like a, f- a three minute walk from the front right. door of, of the Grave Diggers it's got to be done but um, the Grave Diggers the, the only way I can explain this to you I watched um, Anthony Bourdain The Layover he go, he, one episode is in Dublin 
and he's in the taxi, literally just arrived, and he goes. Uh, apparently, there's this great bar that does Guinness um, on the way on the way into Dublin, and he says, "I'm going to check it out." So that's that's basically what he says in the back of the taxi, and then so choose you the, t- the little timer because he's only there for a period of time, like mm-hmm. 72 hours or something, 48 hours. So the clock goes round and round and round. So he goes in and has his pint. And the clock keeps going around and keeps going around. And, <laughs> and, he, and he just, he stares out the whole day. It's just usually I'm literally let, that night wasted at the bar and he hasn't left it. Uh, yeah. He's ah. just eating their pub food. Mm-hmm. And then on the taxi out, uh, so the whole first day of that thing is spent in the Gravediggers. Um, and the next, <laughs> on, on the way out, he talks about it, the, the best pint in the world. Um, wow. It is an amazing pint of Guinness. Yeah. And we've been there, we've spoke to these guys and it, it definitely is different than everybody else's pint. And you can even tell when you, here, the way it hits the bar counter, it's the hollow sound that it makes. It's the way it settles. It's the wow. length of time it keeps the head before yeah. before it even gets topped up. There's something about the pint that is quite magical. We've been there and we've spoken to the guy at length, myself and Jillian, and then Jack went back for a second um, without without us. Um, he said he basically said, when you take the the place itself out of the equation so you're in a bar and you feel, yeah, you feel right. you're in a pub take that out take the shortness of the lines out take the fact that you're not doing food um, right. through the same glass washer um, he says that it really is all about how the glasses are washed and this is his, wow. his um, interesting so we've watched the way he washes his glasses is all those bars in Dublin that do get as well have purpose built racks behind under the counter under the bar counter it's just trays of, of pint glasses yeah. mm-hmm. and it's just you, you put out a tray and that's you've it's just filled with pint glasses underneath the bar the part where the bartender stands right underneath that is just filled with light, rows and rows of, of pint glasses all dried and it's not just in his bar but what he does is he washes in boiling hot water no detergent and okay. then he as soon as he comes out he puts them in cold water and then he lets them air dry and he showed you the difference in all the glasses. So he, even if there's one little blemish on a pint, it really affects him. The same way it would have been about Jack years ago, about mm. the garnish of a cocktail or something. Right. He sees things in pints that nobody else would see. He's just wow. tuned into a pint, and he, he he poured pints for us, and he showed us perfect pints versus imperfect. And yeah. it was all about the grease marks. You would never have thought. Oh, that's amazing, yeah. But the details, the wow. way he thought yeah, about yeah, pints. Yeah. Pints was his bread and butter. It yeah. was yeah. all that mattered to him yeah. was the pint of Guinness. And they're well, well known for that one drink. And yeah. So to him, it has to be. But he told us, so what we're doing in our extension, where the kitchen went and fire, that, that area is going to be dedicated. Obviously, you guys took over the building next door yeah. to the dead rabbit. Yeah. Busted through the wall yep. for the mm-hmm. bottom floor, now the second floor. So the old kitchen was 200 square feet at the back of the downstairs top room, at the very back behind the little mm-hmm. merchandise part. Um, so we're dedicating that to glass washing. And, uh, Amazing. There's going to be three glass washers. We're going to have det- detergent for one and non-detergent for another one. And we're going to twice wash pint glasses, dip in cold water, and air dry all around that room. We want, listen, Swift, <laughs> Swift does the best pint against in New York City, and we want to be better. That's just sure. the way it is. I spoke to Danny McDonald, who runs Swift, and I know that he definitely adjusts the amount of detergent for the, the, the dishwashers. Like, that was one of the things that he said. He calibrates it differently than, like, the fact. Factory setting. I mean, the health department here less, so. probably won't let you do without uh, detergent at no, all. So right? the way the way we're thinking is, we're going to have one glass washer right. for cocktails um, yeah. and, a, and a dump sink for cocktails with the brushes to scrub out any bloody Mary stuff or whatever. Um, and then it's one glass washer with detergent. Right. One glass washer, no detergent, so it's coming out being huh. twice washed, dipped in the water, and then racks yeah, all yeah, yeah. That should do it. Should do it. Yeah. <laughs> we, have to, we have to use the detergent. Yeah. 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 In America. And the other thing that he would have done was the, the water. Like, people don't take this stuff seriously, but the, he would have changed the water in the dishwasher, like, 
10 times a day. So emptied it and refilled it 10 yeah. times a day, and then at the end of every night, descaled it with, with salt, oh, salt yeah, solution. Yeah, yeah. Um, he took the glass washing thing very, very seriously, and he yeah. told us that that's the only difference. I feel like this, no pun what? intended, is a rabbit hole that Jack will go down <laughs> yeah. obsessively like until like he gets it exactly right. So. You know, listen, myself and Jillian were there. We went through the whole thing. We seen the whole keg, storage, the temperature, mm-hmm. everything, the way he did it. But he constantly, he just emphasized to us about the, the way you wash the paint glass and the way right. you dry the paint glass. And well, with something like Guinness, I mean, that's really important, though, mm-hmm. uh, obviously. Because that's all. I mean, that's all there is. And Guinness is about the texture. That's but, what. That's what. What sure. makes a pint of Guinness. But, but if he, if he, the paints that he poured for us, mm-hmm. see if he had poured them for any of you guys or us, even. They were perfect paints, but they weren't perfect to him because he's seen a tiny little grease mark on one of the. Yeah, paint. yeah. Like the detail, the way he thought about a paint glass, I've never seen. Anyhow, that's why his paints are the yeah. best. Yeah. Because of the extra attention he gives to his glasses. Well, I, That's I'm, amazing. I'm looking forward to the new and improved Guinness Pints <laughs> at, at the Dead Rabbit. I thought they were pretty good yeah. to start off with, so, but I can't wait to taste. <laughs> Inspect your glass. But you're right, about, you're right about Jack, because yeah. uh, he will... He will do it, he yeah. Will. Oh, my God, yeah. I think it's... Yeah. Scurry well, times ahead for everybody. Also, yeah. the, you know the, the new uh, the new downstairs uh, uh, at uh, at the Dead Rabbit is magnificent. Yeah. To have uh, to have that extra space uh, really really makes I think a huge difference. My wife uh, Anne thinks she saved the day. A guy came in one time to the bar and said to Anne she was behind the bar. She knew we needed extra space. Uh, yeah. Everybody knew we needed extra space. The bar yeah. was way too small and too busy for the. It was just too busy for the size yeah. of it. And it was, it was a real mess for everybody involved. It was a mess for the guests coming. It was a mess for us because we didn't w- What can you do? Turn people away when they've... Yeah, yeah it's hard. So guy comes in one day and says, I've seen that place is closed next door to my wife. Do you know where the... Uh, do you know how to get a hold of the owner? So she passed that on to me immediately. And right away I said to the guys, right, we need this building. So yeah. she thinks... My wife thinks she got the building for us. But we, ne- <laughs> we needed it. Yeah. We needed it yeah. for sure. So we opened the parlor part next week. The parlor extension, which is uh, an oh, actual, I can't wait to see that. The yeah. second an actual twenty-five yeah. seats. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and that's a big, that's a big difference. Yeah. Well, it only opens Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and private events coming in the action, the right. back way. Yeah. Um, but we need the space because now instead of having fifty people, we can have one hundred and seventy-five people downstairs. Right. Yeah. But you've still got that problem of people waiting on a table upstairs. Right. So yeah. it's only forty-eight seats upstairs. So this will help that one is uh, yeah. an actual twenty-five seats at weekends. I can't wait until you've taken over basically the whole block up until I guess you can't take over Francis Tavern or you could but you wouldn't be able to break through the wall. <laughs> no, but, but basically go the other way. Yeah, and just take over all the other buildings on that street. Hollow out the, the whole block. Right, exactly. Yeah, I can't see it happening. <laughs> you never know. Five years from now, you know, know. they'll go up next. Oh. You know, it'll be the dead rabbit skyscraper. Now, uh, <laughs> Tim, I've got a question for you. Mm-hmm. I came across uh, the Buena Vista that made. Irish coffee popular in America. Uh, they, uh, in the 1950s, tried to add a second drink to their renown called the Velvet Viscount. And they right. said it was a popular drink in Ireland. I've never heard of it. Uh, and it was uh, with Tullamore Dew, of course. Okay. Uh, plus, I believe, Benedictine creme de cassis and cream. <laughs> wow, that is. I could be off on the Benedictine, but mm-hmm. uh, I thought it was only my family that drank that. Yeah, that was a velvet. That's the right. velvet, velvet Rothbaum. Right, exactly, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Which is a famous that. drink, of in, course, in, in our house. In, yep. in your house, mm-hmm. exactly. So yeah, I, I didn't. Think I'll have that. to order one next time I'm back. <laughs> First, you got to find someone who's ever heard of it. Yeah, right. I think they'll just be. In, Annoyed at me that I haven't asked for an Irish coffee, so yeah, um, yeah. We'll, we'll see how we do we'll with see. that. 
That's, well, that's one of the things we want to do next um, is we want to do a book on the Irish coffee. Very cool. Well, looking forward to reading that. Mm-hmm. Suggest all of our listeners pick up from mm-hmm. Barley to Blarney if they haven't already. Um, happy St. Patrick's Day to you guys. Uh, looking forward to the new improved pints at um, the Dead Rabbit. And, uh, <laughs> and in the twice-washed glasses. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody, nobody's ever going to know that, though. Yeah, I'm right, telling yeah, you. Right, yeah, sure. That's, uh, yeah, nobody, yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> just between it's, us. The, the, one, of the thing, yeah. one of the things is, again, it goes back to what I told you about those people from Ireland, the, yeah. the followers on Facebook right. and stuff. They come to the bar in their droves and see if you've got everything right, but your pint of Guinness isn't right. They will be yeah. the first people to tell you, oh, pint yeah. of Guinness sucks. You know? <laughs> so, well, so, yeah, you can't have that. Yeah, you can't have it. You <laughs> no. can't have it. Looking forward to that. Thank you guys for joining us today. Much appreciated. And uh, cheers. 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 Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.